chapter 6, look at verse 1. We've entered now into the world that perished. Chapters 4 and 5 are the lost world. Chapter 3 is paradise lost. But chapters 6 through 8 is the world that perished. And real quickly, if I could summarize one of the greatest sections of the Bible, the world that perished in the Genesis flood was a world in verses 1 through 5 that, number one, had no time for God. You know what? If we were going to describe the, the technological culture that, that we are watching assembling around us, it is very much becoming a world that has no time for God. It's tragic to think about. Verses 1 through 5, men began to multiply in the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them. And the sons of God saw the daughters of men, and that they were beautiful, and it was totally an external, physical world. And so, verse 5 says that the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great, Genesis 6, 5, great in the earth, and every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. And that was the world that had no time for God. And verses 6 and 7 tells us, they not only had no time for God, they wouldn't acknowledge their creator. And I think that's the second description of our world. It seems like all of science and all of philosophy and all of, of, of the public figures in our media are not only have no time for God in their life, they don't want anybody to regard the creator. And they go out of their way to think there's every explanation except for God. Every explanation except for God. And that's what was going on back then. No regard for their creator. The entire world that perished in the Genesis flood uh, is so much like the edu educators of our day who systematically deny not only that there was a creation, but there was a global flood. What is it they're trying to remove? They're trying to remove the most compelling testimony that God left. There's one sign God left on every part of this planet, and that's the flood. It's everywhere. You can't go anywhere, anywhere on this planet without seeing signs and, and evidence and little pieces that point back to a global deluge, a global flood. And just like the world that got flooded didn't believe in their creator, the world that got flooded that's alive today won't accept that it was flooded. They don't have any time for God. Well, look at verse 8 first occurrence of grace in the Bible, Noah found grace. By the way, there was grace in the Old Testament. Everyone who's ever been saved was saved by grace. No one was saved by works. No one can be saved. No one will be saved. All are saved by God's grace. And Noah was saved because he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And Noah was like no one else on earth. Noah was the only dad on earth who saved his family from drowning in the great flood. Noah was unique, and God created him in such a way that he led his family from the brink of destruction, from a world eaten by the cancer of sin, from a world hopelessly and completely and irreversibly evil, he led his family safely through that world and onto the ark. And you know what? People ask me what my goal in life is. I just have one goal. I just want to see my family taken with me to heaven. I think Noah had a similar goal. He wanted to make sure his whole family got on the ark. And God gave him because of his testimony, that privilege. Well, verse 13 of chapter 6, and I have to hurry because I want to finish this. Verse 13, we saw that there's no testimony more vivid than the ark. And verse 13 starts this uh, God saying he's going to destroy everything. And verse 14, make this ark. And there was no 
No object like the ark. That huge box sitting in the back of his home with rivers of animals marching into it was hard to miss. But the world and their hardness missed the message, and they wouldn't even listen to Noah as he pounded and preached. And there's no scene so powerful as the ark. All who entered the ark survived, and no one was lost. No one perished, and God preserved everyone who went into the ark which is the perfect picture the Apostle Peter uses when he talks about salvation. Because sometimes we all feel, how could God want us? When we fail him, when we wander. But the question is, has he invited you to come in? And if you've responded to that, when you come into Christ, as all the humans and the animals who came into the ark, not one of them perished. Not one of them was injured. Not one of them fell overboard. Not one of them got lost and, you know, starved, caught the plague in there. They all made it. And while the door was open, anyone could come in. And all who believed God's word could come into that ark. But once the door was shut, no one else could come in. And what's amazing is God shut that door, as we saw in our study of chapter 6, and then he began the flood. 